Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about an uh, evil genius in love. Evil genius mind. It woke me up from my sleep and I don't like it. No, you're an evil genius is what you are. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to this show. First of business, this show is not kid safe, not work safe, not religious safe, not uh, conservative safe. <laughs> it's it's a dangerous, uh, subversive, uh, awful thing. So be aware of what you're getting into. Man, can I sell a sell a show? Creative Commons license, non commercial attribution, four point Unported. The music is by the late great band, The Gentle Readers. Recently, I pointed you to Susie French Connection. They're also late great. Good Lord. Uh, come on, kids. <laughs> Just because you're in your late 50s and early 60s doesn't mean you can't rock. Bandwidth is by Cashfly, provided under the kind auspices of the folks at Backbeat Media who handle my stuff. I do not speak for my day job. I don't even mention my day job. I love them. I'm proud of them. I do good work for them. They could do good work in general. And yet, the nonsense I'm about to spout is not their brand. I am not representing the company. So uh, let's keep a, uh, a, a, little, uh, a little distance there. Talk to the hand. All right. I called an audible on myself seconds ago. I had I had a song sent to me. It was in my playlist. It was ready to go. And at the last minute, I decided to play a different one. The uh, Core Blend song uh, will be in an upcoming episode, but uh, recently on the Irish and Celtic Music podcast, I heard a song I liked. I threw it on the list, and we're going to a picnic this weekend, and this one seemed entirely uh, appropriate for the situation, uh, about which I will talk in uh, afterwards. But it's a song by an artist named Andreas Tronso. Uh, which seems like a like a Norse name or maybe a Swedish name, but <laughs> he plays very Irish music. So this is a song called uh, "The Irish Goodbye." bar was full the hour late But my own bed it would not wait They never saw me leaving The Irish goodbye She followed me home, she stayed the night And I was gone by morning light she never saw me leaving the Irish goodbye. Mm-hmm. 
mother and father raised me here But I can't bear their heavy tears They'll never see me leaving The Irish goodbye This world is cold and unforgiving It's for the lucky and for the living It will never see me leaving The Irish goodbye I like that. And let me tell you, part of the reason, because we're going to the social event, if you invite me to a social event, uh, I can be having the greatest time in the world. I can love everyone there. I can be so happy I came. And the second that I am done, I'm going to pick up my shit and leave. And you may see me go. It's not that I have any, um, it's not that I, that, like when I was younger, much younger, I used to feel so obligated, and it would be like the farewell tour, and it'd take 45 minutes to leave a party. It's like, oh, goodbye, good seeing you, goodbye, good seeing you. And then you start running back into people you've already goodbyed because they, you know, the room has moved, and now new people are between you and the door. Now what it is is if you're between me and the door, and it's like, hasta la vista, baby, but <laughs> no one is obligated a goodbye. So I am a firm, firm believer in the Irish goodbye. It's how I live my life. I don't have any evidence of a drop of Irish blood in me, but I love the Irish goodbye. Alrighty, now let us get on to some serious, serious work, which is the reading of the patrons. Not a smooth volume change. The following people went to bit.ly, bit.ly slash EGC Patreon, and pledged to support to keep the shambling non-Irish mess shambling with Irish music. Thank you, Derek Coward, Adam Rittenauer, Ken Kennedy, Paul Fisher, Arhuli, Robert Harvey, Paul Smith, Andrew Heron, Grant Bachoco, Tony Ewing, Craig Stepp, 
Shannon Nelson. Uh, Charlotte Kennedy. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Leah, the Enigmagic Angela Lee. Chuck Tomasi. Stuart Maxwell. John Richardson. Michael Butler. Bruce Lerner. Skeeter Murphy. Chiaki Hinohara. Robert Gibson. Glenn Edgerly. Melissa A. Bartell. Andrew Howe. Michael Street. Neil Forker. Ndaiko. Kevin Freedy. Brian Springer. Tim Shaw. Rob Usden. Wayne Pittenger. Brian Jones, Joe Pollock, Jeff Dangle, and J.P. Shippard. New name. Also, well, let me, let me, before I get into this, let me just go ahead and... So, uh, if you did expect to hear your name on there, and you did not hear your name on there, reach out. There's a very uh, delicate, uh, surprisingly hard-to-deal-with situation, which is there was a day... Uh, in August, where a number of long-term uh, supporters uh, dropped off. It says they canceled their pledge. I kind of don't believe it. And I reached out to one person uh, who said, I didn't actually explicitly <laughs> cancel it. So, And then has apparently been having trouble uh, signing back up. And so I don't want to shame anybody for legitimately canceling a pledge. I don't want to hang a lantern on it. At the same time, I feel like maybe this wasn't legitimate dropping off. So uh, I don't really know what to do. So if you expect to hear your name on that list and you didn't, uh, it's because something's wrong in Patreon. And sometimes things go wrong in Patreon. Okay. Are we all good on that? Let us get to the stuff. I'm going to talk. I do feel like uh, a weird thing where if you sum up uh, the statistics of like every topic I talk about or the amount of time I spend per topic, and then you sum up whether they're positive, negative, or neutral. I feel like I probably talk more about negative stuff on this show, even though I don't think I'm a negative person. Like, you know, me, I'm almost like a pixie-like, bubbly, effervescent guy. Now I get pissed off and I uh, piss and moan and bitch about things. But in general, in general, I'm kind of a, a beat guy. You wouldn't necessarily know it, but there is also a um, like a record. There's a Heisenberg effect here, which is that when I turn the mic on and I talk, I'm talking about you know inflammatory things. It's kind of a little bit you know. It's not unlike the talk radio thing, right? You can't you. Although I certainly talk about mundane things, it kind of tends towards you know the outliers, and you know there's a lot of inflammatory things. So. Uh, I actually have become sensitive to that when I put the topics on. I was like, God, I don't want to listen to myself. <laughs> like, if I don't want to listen to myself bitch for 45 minutes, do you want to listen to me bitch for 45 minutes? I don't know. But let's talk about good stuff. And uh, I have uh, recently discussed my realization that I may have become overly fascinated with and fetishized my own ba uh, podcast backlog and my own everything backlog. Uh, and the backlog, I cleared out a number of shows, and you know, you listen to I don't. Let's say I get thirty episodes of backlog listened to a week, which seems about right. There are some days, uh, like Monday, I get a huge number of new episodes, and I never listen to backlogs on Mondays. But uh, like Tuesdays and Fridays seem to be like a backlog day. Like I don't have a bunch of shows that drop on Tuesday. So I may get into the backlog by Tuesday afternoon. So maybe, and over the weekend, not a lot of new shows. So I tend to listen to backlog shows over the weekend. So let's say 30 episodes. And, you know, so shows have been finished up in the 
disappeared. So I had the backlog was down to like a thousand episodes across like 14 shows. And then as always happens when I'm in any danger of making any progress, boom, subscribe to a lot of new shit. So I'm going to talk about none of these, like there's a probationary period. Like when a show comes onto the list, um, like the first month or two, it may go off for any reason. Like when it's not habitual, it's easy to drop. Like there's a symmetry. It was easy to subscribe. It's easy to drop. And so these are some of the ones I'm not even adding. There's like four different electric vehicle podcasts that I put on there. They aren't even on this list. The dude that was on Red Dwarf does one. Ja, ja, buh, Robert Llewellyn. He does one. I don't even, honestly, I don't know the names of any of these. <laughs> I have like two longer form commentary ones and like a daily news one. Really, I, uh, I'm in the maybe in the next year to five, I might buy an electric vehicle. I'm just sort of getting myself grounded on that. So those don't even count. Those are not on the list, even though I have like four new podcasts that way. Um, new ideas in money. I got, and I don't even, I literally have no idea how I found out about the show. It may have been a podcast addict. If you like this show, you might like that one. I can't believe I fell for that. But Stephanie Kelton, who is in the MMT world, she wrote The Deficit Myth, which is a fantastic book. Uh, the current governor of South Carolina has clearly not read the deficit myth because he doesn't know how money works. I'll talk about that at some point in the future. Um, one, it was a show I am, have zero backlog of it because it just did not seem like it made any sense to listen to old shows. So I just subscribed it, wiped the backlog, and I listened to new shows as they come in. And it's just, it's kind of, a, it's not super MMT, but it is like money, monetary focused, economy focused, and it's interesting. So that's, New ideas and money. The plot thickens, which I think might officially be uh, a Turner Movie Classics uh, production. It is hosted by Ben Mankiewicz, um, kind of of Hollywood and political royalty lineage, uh, who I believe is a TCM. Did I say Turner? Tur TCM, Turner Classic Movies. As a kid who used to live across the street from Turner, I should know this, but uh, I literally lived, there was one, the Georgia Tech Stadium was between my frat house and the Turner complex. And uh, I could be, if I worked there, I could have been there in 90 seconds from door to door uh, on foot, but uh, I never did. So this is the kind of thing you think, I sort of say I don't like this kind of show, which is like a big media entity, kind of bigfooting it into the podcast space. But this one I actually like. It's um, finite seasons uh, covering a certain topic. Uh, and the show, I guess, started maybe a couple years ago. And I subscribed to it. And uh, the most recent show when I, um, the most recent season, when I subscribed was like nine months old. And like two days after I subscribed, I got a trailer for season four. So season one is all about Peter Bogdanovich, who uh, is a, I interesting director. I'm now going to go back and watch and rewatch some of these old Peter Bogdanovich movies. Uh, a guy I would say that I like, although I'm trying to remember the last time I watched any of his movies. It's been a long time. I know him more as a personality and a rock and tour than I do as a, a director actually doing the work. So I'm going to go back. I've got everything targets and uh, I've never seen the last picture show. I've seen paper moon a gazillion years ago. I think I've seen what's up doc. I've, I've never seen St. Jack. So these movies sound interesting to me. I'll watch them. Don't think I've ever seen Daisy Miller. So really and truly, I may have seen like two movies of his. Um, so uh, season two is about what the hell is season two about? 
I don't know that I remember. Oh, it's about the making of the movie Bonfire of the Vanities with uh, Tom Hanks. Season three is about uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And I think Aaron Sorkin uh, and what is it? The big being the Ricardos. I haven't watched that. I have. I just hate Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Everyone loves him. Uh, the, the, um, the uh, West Wing. I just can't listen to that dialogue, and it's so preachy, and it's so arch, and no one in the fucking world talks like any of these characters. No one does. No one does. No one's just... Ugh. So, but anyway, uh, that was about that. And season four, which has not started, but they dropped the trailer a couple days ago, will be all about Pam Greer. I'm way in. So, uh, I may want to accelerate the uh, backlog on this one, because... Uh, I'm interested in Pam Greer. All right, so that's the plot thickens. Turned out a punk. Again, no idea how I, I just randomly ran across this. Um, and it's a dude in a punk band. Uh, I think they're Canadian. He sh- certainly sounds Canadian. And he's like a big bearded uh, dude in this uh, Canadian punk band. There's something like 500 episodes of this show. And he interviews punk people or punk adjacent people or punk... You know, uh, Arcade Fire is like guest in episode two, and uh, he's talking about their punk history, which you wouldn't necessarily think they have, but I think they did punk fan scenes when they're in high school and stuff like that. So, um, interesting stuff. I I picked one episode because I was extremely skeptical because I said this looks like this could be you know one of those douchey shows that's just unlistenable <laughs> with some sort of uh, you know super fanny type. Uh, interviewer and just a, and it actually it was, uh, I listened to the first one I picked was a couple months old, which was Paul Leary, the guitarist from the butthole servers. And I loved that interview. I thought Paul Leary was fantastic. <laughs> he is actually funny, interesting guy. And uh, I loved listening to the stories. And I thought the, inter- the interviewer, uh, like in that situation, we got Paul Leary, somebody like that. All you got to do is not step on your own dick. And he did not, <laughs> which is fine. Or step on your own labia? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be gendered. <laughs> but there's... I just don't think there's a female equivalent. <laughs> it is such a descriptive uh, and true <laughs> analogy. And mostly dudes do it anyway. It's like the dark... It's like the flip side of mansplaining is the stepping on your own dick. Um, there's a show called I Said No Gifts. Uh, it, this I know because it isn't exactly right show and i love uh do you need a ride with um chris fairbanks and karen kilgariff and this is on their network i guess it's a network in the same way that backbeat media is a network it's more like a loose coalition and i have heard this guy he's like a writer a comedian but mostly like a writer on tv shows i've heard him as a guest i heard him on do you need a ride which and they mentioned this show um and he's like very funny dude, and I think he's quite engaging. And the entirety, the premise of the show is he gets a guest on, and they say, he says, whatever you do, don't bring a gift. And one hundred percent of the time, they bring a gift. They talk about giving gifts, and they talk about the gift, and all this kind of stuff. And it's, it, it is, it sounds on paper like it would be like one of these maximum fun, uh, uh, gab fest, blowhard, uh, bullshit shows. But in fact, uh, I'm riveted from beginning to end. I don't exactly know why, but uh, it's good. Out of the Blocks. This is a show. uh, It's a public radio show. Um, I don't even remember the entity, the public radio entity that's producing it. I would imagine it might be a local Baltimore station. 
But the conceit is this, and it is a completed show. There's like 90-some episodes, and the show ran for like six years and is now done. They're not making any new ones. So it's actually kind of a nice, completed um, – I'm not. it's not an open-ended commitment. It's got a lot in the backlog, but it's finite. And they pick one block in the city of Baltimore, and then they walk around and they talk to people uh, you know, for 30 to 60 minutes. And – I'll be damned if uh, I listened to one episode. I'm not necessarily super committed. It certainly could lose me, but uh, you know, I'm interested in that. What I most think the the thing I most want out of it is I want to hear serious Baltimore accents. The I didn't get enough of that in episode one because like a lot of the people are not from Baltimore. They're from New Jersey or they're from wherever they came from and they're living in Baltimore or they're from, you know, Ethiopia. You know, so there weren't a lot of hardcore. I'd like to be able to do a Baltimore accent. I love like when you watch The Wire, you could actually tell the difference between, you know, Idris Elba, you know, was doing a plausible uh, American accent. In fact, I didn't realize he was British. When I watched The Wire the first time, um, but he's not. I mean, he did not sound like he's from serious Baltimore. And then every so often, there's a guy. There's one of the cops who does the briefing when the cops are in the like in, in the Juke the Stats season. Was that season four? Maybe uh, the like the politics cop season. And there's a one guy who does the briefing. He has got the most Baltimoreish accent I've ever heard. He was fantastic. And, uh, boy, I want to talk like that. I'd like to be able to do that. When I go to Balticon, I just want to talk to people from there that have the accent. That's all I ever want to do. So out of the blocks, uh, I, uh, it's interesting. I'm what I'm checking to see, uh, cause like vanishing postcards does not fall in this trap of the, you know, the doc Hollywood thing of the condescending, uh, you know, city slicker going in and talking to people, you know, inner city people, or in the case of Vanishing Postcards, rural Texas people. Um, it's like people who are legitimately inter- interested and legitimately, it doesn't feel carpet baggy, which is good. I mean, that is uh, the risk of this. Now, here's two more that are on the list. I have yet to actually listen to an episode. I've listened to trailer episodes. I've not actually listened to an episode of either. So these are really, these are on double secret probation. First one uh, of these came from a recommendation from listener Derek Coward, and that is Roy's Job Fair. So it's Roy Wood Jr., who I know, uh, I think Derek and I know about him the same way. He was on the TV show Sullivan and the Sons. So when I listened to Two Cool Moms with Joe Gatto and Steve Byrne, Steve Byrne was the star of the uh, sitcom Sullivan and Sons. And Roy Wood Jr. was also on that show. I've never seen an episode. (laughs) I've also never seen Steve Byrne do uh, comedy, but I enjoy the podcast the uh, Two Cool Moms podcast. Roy Wood Jr. was also on that show, and he was a guest on Sal Volcano and Brian Quinn's uh, uh, What Say You podcast. And so he was extremely funny. I said, I I will listen to this. I believe it may suffer from the panel thing. The whole reason why I couldn't listen to the Dana Carvey show. If it was Dana Carvey in a room, like what I'm doing right here, I would probably uh, still be listening. It was Dana Carvey and like three friends uh, all making, uh, all doing first thought theater comedy. It's like, ugh. and I feel like Roy's job fair might be like that. The the conceit is it's Roy Wood Jr., actor, comedian, uh, giving people job advice. <laughs> and so I'll listen to a few episodes. We'll see how it goes. If I sub- unsubscribe from that, it will probably be because of the panel format, which uh, the multiple people talking shows, um, like three or more. So two people talking is a th- a thing of its own. 
an interview type show was a thing of its own, but a regular like four, five, six people panel show almost never, almost never with me. It's very few exceptions. Like just the format I hate. And I hate listening to people uh, talk over each other and make the dumbest, fastest joke to try to race everyone else to the lowest common denominator joke. I hate that. Okay. So Roy's job fair, uh, tentative, tentative, cautious optimism. The last one, it's the, it's the video archives podcast. And it's got not a lot of uh, episodes thus far. It's got maybe a dozen, 15, less than 20. And it is Roger Avery and uh, Quentin Tarantino, who both movie directors, I think Roger Avery, uh, I know he directed Killing Zoe, uh, which I loved that movie, um, and a few other things. But he often, he was, I believe, uh, Quentin Tarantino's producer of a lot of his early movies. And so, and they worked together at a video store in L.A. And uh, it's them talking about movies. The... I have no doubt that I will like this show. I actually like Quentin Tarantino. I liked the novelization of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know, I like his movies. He is a bit much for me. And probably, you know, I listen, my default listening to podcasts is on 2X. It is, I haven't listened to an episode of this yet. I can't imagine that listening to Quentin Tarantino talk at double speed, that's like listening to somebody, a normal person talk at four speed, because he already talks at 2x. So that might be one of those like 1.2, 1.3x shows, because I just can't. It will be un, if I double it, he will be unintelligible. The, the thing I'm hesitant about this is because they're talking about movies. Uh, some movie, a few movies I've seen. They've talked about a lot of movies that are on my want-to-watch list that I haven't yet seen. And I don't want to listen to them talk about a movie that I haven't seen, that I want to see. For example, the very first episode talks about the movie Dark Star, the Dan O'Bannon, like, super low-budget science fiction movie from 1974. I have had the novelization of that book, and I think I even read it. I bought it for a quarter from a hobby shop in Norton, Kansas in, like, 1978 1979, something like that. Because they used to sell used used paperbacks for a quarter on a shelf in the corner of this hobby shop. And that's where a lot... I didn't. We didn't have a bookstore, per se. We had a library, and we had that. And that's where I still have a number of uh, old science fiction paper books I bought from there. I'm pretty sure... Uh, well, never mind. And I read The Dark Store. I don't know if I still have the copy of it, as I've been trying to purge books. I probably don't at this point, but I know that I read it a long time ago. And I remember the kind of like the sentient bomb walking around. And so I've wanted to watch this movie for a long time. I actually have it in the Jellyfin slash Plex uh, setup. And I just, and it's been there probably for a year. I just haven't got around to watching it. So I want to watch it. What this means is this is another podcast, much like a uh, Tig and Cheryl True Story, that gives myself a project <laughs> per episode. It's like, ugh, I can't just listen willy nilly because I've got, you know, two movies to watch per episode uh you know and again if i don't give a shit about the movies then um you know i guess i can just listen uh without watching but i'm not sure i want to commit to yet another like just the amount the sheer amount of movie watching that it takes to listen to these podcasts i may very well just put them in archive mode let them build up and not think about them you know and then if and when i get the movies watched you know, that for my completest heart, that actually seems like a horrible way to do it because I'm such a start at 
episode one started issue one read 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 and this is like years of comic book collecting does this to me right the completism if i can lighten myself up you know as robert plant once said lighten up baby i'm in love with you <laughs> if i can lighten up maybe it will be more fun uh maybe uh, you know it doesn't have to be a serious death march project you know, we'll, we'll see if that's, we'll see if my crazy monkey brain will let me uh, do that. But those, those, so that's however many that is. That's like 10 things there. I don't know if I even mentioned previously Vanishing Pocus Cards. Uh, so there's all these new shows. And um, I guess I'm bound and determined to always have a podcast backlog for the rest of my life. And that's not at all a problem with me. At this point, I'm going to take a sip of this fine. Oh, I brewed this a little bit ago. It's hot. I don't remember what kind of coffee this is. I was at Walgreens and I bought whatever was on the shelf. So it's not $4 all these coffee. It's like $12 Walgreens coffee of some brand I've never heard of that's not as good as the $4 all these coffee. Mm. But it's caffeinated and hot and slightly bitter. Oh, that's what we need. Mm. One more. Since I'm mentioning archive mode, let me throw something in there. Um, I imagine that like all your mature, like not like the janky podcatcher that I tried to use for the value for value failed experiment, but any mature, any overcast, I do this with podcast addict, you know, uh, dog catcher or any, um, any podcatcher who's been around a while is mature and has a good feature set probably does this. And it's put things into archive mode. And I'm pretty sure I heard Evo Terra on podcast pontifications one time talk about, managing your backlog with uh, archive mode. And I sort of blew past it at the time. And I did this out of self-defense because as much as I love the uh, YouTube slash podcast show of cartoonist kayfabe, um, I'm pretty sure like on the YouTube, they drop the shows once a day, but they do this weird, weird thing in the audio feed, which is at intervals, they drop every show. So they don't schedule them out. Even though they're on Libsyn, you can do this on Libsyn. They don't, I guess they don't take the time to say, all right, drop this one at midnight this day and midnight this day. And I think it would probably help their downloads if they did. But what they do is uh, it'll be release day and you get like 15 episodes. <laughs> and then, you know, two weeks later, you get 15 more episodes. I'm like, Jesus, as much as I like this show, I don't want to listen to 15 consecutive episodes. There's just no circumstance where I want to do that. So what I ended up doing was figuring out how to work archive mode. And so, uh, honestly, I, I have to fiddle with it every single time. I've put multiple things in this. But what I do now, in Podcast Addict specifically, you, know, you say it's an archive show and play it from oldest to newest. And you, you can tell, basically, like, keep X number of shows around. Um, and once I started doing that for Cartoonist Kayfabe, and I did that solely because I want to have one show, and it kind of works out um, that in many cases I'm playing like every other show is cartoonist kayfabe because um, it will say because of this, it'll keep the oldest show, uh, you know, of the unlistened list. It'll play it. It'll be in my playlist. When that plays it, it'll immediately roll to the next thing in the playlist. Um, and now there are zero shows. And I say, keep one around. Um, and it will then uh, immediately download another show. But that takes you know, one to 10 seconds, you know, if I'm out on mobile network, I might take a minute to download it. Who knows? But there's some, you know, duration. And then when the, the next, the show that I'm currently listening to is done, 
it'll play the next cartoonist kayfabe and it'll go that way. So, um, it, it works out all right. I'm okay with listening to it every other show. And then, um, I kind of cranked the priority down. So it's a one above the backlog, but it's under all new shows. So if I get any new episode of any other show, I will play it ahead of cartoonist kayfabe. So they're in this kind of weird, um, weird layer in the priority. But that's one of the things I love about the podcast addict priority thing. And one of the reasons why now at this point, I really don't want to switch to anything else because just the, the finagling of the priorities that assemble my playlist exactly how I want it. You know, I have all these tiers. I have the backlog tier and the new tier and the timely news tier, which is ahead of all that stuff. And the sub genius tier, which is ahead of the new tier, but under the timely stuff, you know, I, who wants to rebuild that anywhere else? But so once I did that, just out of sheer, I don't want to listen to 15 cartoonist kayfabes. Um, once I had that, I realized, oh, this is useful. So then my, when I was listening to the audio dramas of uh, Old Gods of Appalachia and Oz 9, I put both of them into that archive mode, which is perfect. And it just meant that it was automatically doing something I was doing by hand anyway. So I keep one show of each around. Uh, and I put them in a special tier under even the backlog. So, you know, my backlog is tier priority 30 and I would put them at 29. And so when I finished the end of the backlog, I would hit um, uh, an old gods of Appalachia or an Oz nine. And that meant go get a few more backlog shows. And anytime I hit one of those. So now actually the plot thickens is in this mode. And so it is now my, uh, I don't know what you call it. My backlog anchor show. When I'm listening to, the plot thickens. That tells me I need to go download a few more shows from the backlog. And uh, so I think I have like 20 more. And when those Pam Greer shows come, unlike how I do a lot of things, I will not listen to the new episodes. They're just going to be in a strict uh, oldest first queue. So what that means is what it costs me is I don't listen to uh, new shows. But because there's kind of a narrative flow to pl- the plot thickens, you know, each season tells a story. It would not make that much sense to listen to them out of order anyway. So it makes perfect sense. And once I finish it up, I'll just take it out of archive mode and do you listen to it normally and put it in a normal priority. But boy, I guess what I will maybe do is put a post up on the blog of exactly how I do this and all the um, all the settings. Um, and I will do that for two reasons. So that any listener or reader of my blog, of which there are probably no readers of my blog because there are so few non-podcast blog posts. But so it'd be up there as a at least a Googleable um, resource to say if you're a podcast addict user and you want to set things up in you know keep one episode around archive mode, how do you do it? But much like a lot of the blog posts I used to write for Service Now, uh, the primary consumer is me. <laughs> so when I need to remember how to do the stupid fiddly steps of this thing, I will just go back to my own blog posts. I did that in a little, how to set up OAuth every time at ServiceNow because I couldn't remember how to consume an OAuth, how to log into an OAuth uh, integration. And I had to go back to my own blog post on how to do it every single time. And so I'll do it the same way. There's like four settings you have to set across a couple different... They're not all in the same place. That's what makes it hard because... You set a couple in download and a couple in cleanup and, you know, but then when you're done, it works perfectly the way I want it to work, right? Which is keep one episode and also like the music shows, the Eric Shinkeltic music show and uh, uh, what the hell is the reggae show? Dread Days podcast show. Um, 
you know, I listen to those only when I'm reading comics and books. I turn them down really quiet and I listen to them. Uh, and I stopped downloading new episodes. I said, just don't bring down new episodes. And I put those into the archive mode. Now, I will be a very long time before Irish and Celtic Music actually downloads a new one because I have like 50 episodes from the last year. But once I get down, to, and I say keep two for both of those shows. Once I get down to two episodes and I listen to the second one, and now I have one episode, it'll download the next newest or the next oldest show. And uh, instead of having, you know, 50, 60, 70 uh, unlistened shows in my playlist, I'll have two. And I will like that better. It will take me <laughs> a year or two probably to get to that point. But uh, I will have an ever-shrinking list as time goes on. But this is like, <laughs> this is just podcast nerd stuff. The This is why when I was trying with value for value, I knew that the act of being able to send Bitcoin to podcasters um, is cool. And I wanted to experiment with it. I wanted to see if it was worth doing, if it was worth enabling on my own show. I, I don't think so. And honestly, I mean, once you have Patreon, you have Patreon, right? Why do you need anything else? It's kind of feels like all or nothing. But enough people were talking about it. And I thought, eh, as a podcast late adopter, late early adopter, whatever I am, I should know about it. But boy, I just wasn't going to give up this finely tuned stuff that, when did I start using Podcast Addict? Eight years ago? Uh, it's taken a long time to get to this way. And sure, I could the subscription list, I could export the OPML and bring it into someplace else tomorrow. Although then everything I would have to mark as played most of the shit <laughs> because most of the shows, not all the shows, and then the shows in the backlog, I have to very carefully, uh, very carefully uh, slice out the ones. And I was like, just such a drag. So this is the, of all the lock-ins in my life, you know, am I locked into the Android ecosystem and Google play, you know, because I've bought things in the play store. Absolutely. Am I locked into, uh, you know, various, Samsung phones because I have the Samsung watch that talks to my Samsung phones. Yeah, absolutely. I might be more locked into Podcast Addict than any other lock-in in my locked-in life because I don't want to fart with my playlist anywhere else. Whew. I'm going to do the rare second sip of the coffee. Mm. I need a sip of coffee. That's much less edit pointy. All right, um, I'm going to talk about this a little bit. I'm not, repeat not, trying to throw anyone under the bus. It's just highlighting a different approach to life. Um, Somewhere on one of my uh, day job slacks recently, we were saying something, and uh, it was something about voice assistants, whether it was Lady A or whether it was the G uh, colleague. I don't know. One of those two. And uh, it started this um, thunder of, I would never have one of those things in my house. I don't want the microphone. You know. And that made me think of a couple of things. So, so one of them was the, the, the kind of the strong opinion thing and then the strong opinion heard. And, you know, in those types of situations, you know, a couple like Almost immediately, a couple people, you know, come out with this strong negative opinion. Like, I would never have, you know, the strong principled opinion. I would never have one of those things in my house, blah, 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 blah. And then very quickly, um, the rally. Yeah, me too, me too. 
You know, I I would never have one. I hate those things. Well, there's like 80 or 90 people. And, you know, 75 people, 80 people never chimed in. <laughs> so the question is, um, it can't be it can't be that this set of people, I'm the only person out of 90 people that has one of those things. And, and by the way, likes those things. Uh, while acknowledging all the things that they hate about them exist, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I care, but the risk of like the downside risk versus the value that they do to um, all my other stuff, um, you know, the the convenience that they give me. I understand I'm trading convenience for the possible privacy leak. Um, and uh, I've explicitly said I'm OK with that trade off. You know, it's the yes, I know Google is uh, doing shady shit and selling it, but I've decided I get enough out of that. You know, I do the Google Opinions Award rewards, and uh, yes, the ten to fifty cents uh, in Google Play Store credit every time. Uh, you know, yes, they're taking my information that I just gave them and selling it and bundling it and all that stuff. Is it worth fifty cents to me? Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair for this ten seconds work. I think I'm okay with that. And so, I don't like. I have no uh, strong feelings about the principles one way or the other. I mean, your principle is your principle. And if you feel about it, then that's fine. But the, if one looked at that exchange in the Slack, one would think this group of people 100% hates Google assistance because what I noticed is nobody jumps in. Once you get like five people that say, oh, I hate them. I hate them. Me too. I hate them. No one's going to say, but, but I love them. I mean, I don't want to, I, I use them. I wouldn't even say that I love them. I say I find them useful enough for what I'm trying to achieve. Am I going to argue with anyone about that? Do I want to start an argument about that? Do I want to uh do I want to be the pro voice assistant uh you know um activist in my company Slack? Fuck no. <laughs> there is nothing I want less than to have this argument with literally anyone in the world. I don't care if you use them or not. <laughs> and I, no one, I, I also don't believe anyone was trying to get me to stop using them. They just didn't like them having them in their house. They don't like having the live microphone. I will say that the notion that like every, I believe like every case where um, there was some sort of um, information leak was all about uh, like, it wasn't that the microphone's always on and doing stuff. It's that you say, um, send a text to whomever and then uh, you you either try to cancel it and it doesn't cancel, and now you're sending the text. Like everything you're saying becomes the text. It's in a situation where where uh, it's basically an unclosed bracket, <laughs> where you thought a thing wasn't happening, and now uh, you know. I think that's where like most or all of those information leaks, like where somebody sends information they didn't mean to, like conversation they didn't mean to, ambient conversation they didn't mean to send anywhere. <laughs> It's because something, some other transaction wasn't successfully finished. I think that's the situation. I will say that this notion that they're always listening and picking stuff out and always trying to do stuff to you, boy, if they could do that, they would. But I will tell you, I know for a fact the shit ain't good enough to do that. There is not enough processing power. The fact that they, uh, like, you can't put an arbitrary wake word on these little devices because the um, the stuff. The processing that's trying to find out if the wake work's going is so heavyweight that they can't just do that for the whole world. They've got to have a couple hard-coded subset 
uh, to look for it because they just can't because like when you say when you invoke them and they do the stuff, they're not doing that processing locally. It's why you can't do the thing when you don't have a connection because they send it up to the cloud and then the beefy servers do the processing because they can't do that on the device. If they could, they would. If they could, they would work better. So there would be more work, more risk because it could actually be parsing all everything you say and trying to figure out your sentiment. Like, what's your mood right now? You know, there are sentiment like Microsoft has a sentiment analyzer. I don't know if other things do, but you can totally send an email to Microsoft and it will say positive, negative, mad, unmad. You know, I know there are sentiment analyzers in the AI world, like off the shelf. You can just run some text through them and they'll do that. Uh, you know, if they could do all of this stuff, they would absolutely do this. Amazon would do this. Google would do this. Uh, Apple would do this. Everyone with a voice that says Samsung, Bixby, <laughs> you sad, you sad sack of a voice assistant. Does anybody use Bixby? I have, I'm in on this. I have a Samsung watch. I have more, I have more than one Samsung watch. I have more than one era of Samsung watch. I've never, you, you know, other than uh, sending a text by voice on my watch, I think that's actually using the Bixby. I've never explicitly tried to use Bixby ever once. In fact, uh, I figured out how to disable the Bixby button on my Samsung phones because fuck Bixby. <laughs> I think F Bixby might be the, uh, I hate to put uh, profanity in the show titles, but uh, uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> but Bixby, man. <laughs> God. But anyway, the, the this... The strong opinion, but the, so that's one branch is just the correctness of that. And I said something about home assistant, you know, the thing that runs on my, and they were like, so it was funny because the, the crowd had the pitchforks and torches out and I said, home assistant, they're like, no, we would never use such a thing. I was like, you know, home assistant's not a voice assistant, right? It's a raspberry Pi, uh, home automation thing, but Nobody cared because their blood was up. They, you know, uh, they, they were in the anti whatever they were in. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Once you hate a thing, you don't have to hate a thing. Comic, uh, uh, more to come. Comics podcast loves to talk about how NFTs use so much uh, electricity. Uh, the fact that Ethereum, <laughs> where almost all the NFTs are, has changed to a lower energy thing is never going to change that opinion. It will still be the that opinion will be solidified for the end of time. But the other thing, well, so the principled, the principled sitting out of that thing, that's fine. Especially these things you have to buy extra, right? I have Google Homes, one of which I purchased. I think every other thing I got free with something else. I've purchased some Lady A devices, uh, you know, and we have, I have one big, the, the big one in my office and we have little dots around the house. Um, and all of our Ecobee um, thermostats also have Lady A's. We actually you we have unplugged, unpowered up Echo Dots now because we have all our thermostats <laughs> do that. And that actually covers a, a lot of the house. So you don't even need the dots. So just for things like turning lights on and off with Lady A, uh, the thermostats actually are pretty, uh, pretty um, good coverage. So he, uh, we, I had a coworker at a previous job that was like the one conscientious objector to Google. Just refused to have a Google account because felt Google was shady and didn't want to give Google, which meant we couldn't use Google Docs for things because this one person couldn't uh, refuse to have even a work Google account wouldn't have any kind of Google. I was like, Ugh. at the present job, we actually use Gmail, 
Google Meet. I mean, we are all in on Google. So it's completely the opposite. <laughs> if you're a conscientious objector here, you'd have to find another job because that, that's it. As opposed to Outlook, like all, um, let's be honest, all enterprise software is in one way or another terrible, right? <laughs> Exchange and Outlook are so awful. And Microsoft Teams is awful. Um, my previous job, we used Slack for years and then Slack was bought by our biggest competitor. And we had to go from Slack to Microsoft Teams. And that's not, I didn't leave that job because of that, but that did not keep me, <laughs> that did not make me want to stay harder. <laughs> Let's put it that way. The fact that I had to use Microsoft Teams, ugh, ugh, awful. And in its own way, the Google uh, Enterprise Suite is awful, but it's uh, less hard awful. <laughs> so whatever. But the other, the whole other branch of this whole thing is just the strong opinions. And I, it's, again, I think a another thing. M pretty much every one of these people who is on this th on these threads, they're all younger than me. They're all, uh, um, I don't know. They got, I think they have more fucks to give about things. <laughs> I have fewer. I have a finite and ever decreasing supply of fucks to give between this point and the grave. <laughs> and I ain't burning it on strong opinions about voice assistants. <laughs> I'm going to be saving my fucks on that one. <laughs> no way. But the, the strong opinions, there's, I find that I just have so few strong opinions about literally anything, <laughs> literally anything. So the fact that I'm going to get really worked up about something inconsequential is, I don't, I actually don't know if this is a negative whether I've just sort of given up on a life <laughs> that I don't, uh, that I don't get worked up over these things. I don't know if that's a huge positive that, um, I don't know if that makes me a better person or a worse person. I, it just is what it is that I don't mostly care. Given most situations, my default state, unless you can knock me out of it, the very deep groove down the center of the road is that I don't care. You can knock me into hating it, you know, knock me into loving it. But my default is that I don't care until proved to me that I should care. Other, I should feel otherwise. I don't care either way about anything. And I don't know if, and I honestly don't even know why I arrived at this, whether it was self-defense of just, you can't, you just can't burn out on every single, you can't foam at the mouth angry about every little thing. And some of it is just, you know, the last 20 years, I've had a lot of moments of, uh, outrage, and you can't just be outraged about every little thing, every little moment. And some of it is just possibly coming to grips with the inconsequentiality of it. You know, having been a lifelong science fiction fan and comic book collector, I have seen so many, so many completely fervent arguments about things that I'm going to tell you no one who participated in that argument could even tell what side they were on at this point because it mattered so little, you know, about, uh, you know, who the best Jack Kirby inker is. I mean, you're going to argue these kinds of things. If you go back and say, 30 years ago, which side of that argument was I on? You probably couldn't reconstruct it, right? It just doesn't. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> the Whether Buckaroo Banzai is a good movie or a bad movie. I didn't like it. I watched it for the first time. I didn't like it. I'm not going to argue for or against it to anybody because that opinion's not that strong. That is what it is. I'm not going to argue my opinion, like my taste 
with anyone. All I'm ever going to say from this point forward, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to convince people to like things. All I ever say is I liked this thing. Uh, You like similar things to me. I liked this thing. Do with that what you will. I don't, doesn't hurt my feelings if you uh, try it and hate it. Doesn't hurt my feeling. It doesn't make me feel any better, particularly if you try it and love it. I mean, I guess I feel slightly uh, good at having brought some joy to your life. Um, I don't necessarily feel bad if I bring some drag to your life. But the strength of these opinions, man, I just, it's just not there. So let me know. Is that make me good or bad, good person or bad person? I mean, it certainly, in a lot of ways, uh, reduces uh, the wear and tear on your life when you're not uh, having some knee-jerk opinion. I have no hot takes. I don't even have cold takes. I have no takes. I have non-takes about these things. Uh, you know, whatever the outrage of the day is, you know. This is how you get through life in the Trump administration or even the Bush administration. You can't you can't have a hot take about everything because you, you know you'll you'll burn out you will you will be immolated in the heat of your own hot takes oh that might be the show title <laughs> that's a little <laughs> that's a little uh this american life <laughs> from my taste immolated by the heat of my own hot takes <laughs> god damn it <sighs> let's stop the proceedings <laughs> at this point <laughs> I feel like I have perhaps uh, marched in a circle so small that I'm up my own ass. Thank you for listening. Reach out. Dave at EvilGeniusChronicles.org. Show notes. Links to this stuff. Do you want that Andreas Tronso song? There's a the O with the line in it. Does that mean you pronounce it differently? Ugh, somebody from Scandinavia. Tell me how to pronounce Tronso. Tronso? I don't know. Uh, links to anything that I have mentioned that I can find a link for. Uh, EvilGeniusChronicles.org Bitly, B-I-T slash E-G-C Patreon. If you're so inclined, or if you think you're a patron and turns out you're not, <laughs> feel free to try to fix that, and uh, I will help you if, uh, although I've failed, the one person I've reached out to, uh, I have failed to help them, so I'm not sure what to do at this point. But anyway, that is life. We're all not sure what to do. Thank you for listening. I will see you again next time. Hang in there. Hold it together. Keep your shit together. <sighs> Keep your head up. Uh, Don't let it get you down. We'll get through it. And do not forget that I love you. Goodbye. When that's over, if we're still alive, I'll clean my own fucking mess up.